With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm Steve Schaefer at the Houston Chronicle with Astros beat writer Chandler Rome. And Chandler, we're coming up on a rather significant series for the Astros at home against the Toronto Blue Jays one of the top offensive clubs in the American League, like we thought the Astros were going to be, but uh, it would probably behoove them to score some runs this weekend. Yeah, the the lineup has really, really struggled at the beginning of the season. And look, this is not to to absolve them of their their anemia, but offense is down around the game. Um, I don't know if it's a shortened spring training. I don't know if it's something new with the baseball that they have uh, figured out how to deaden even more. But as of... Uh, Thursday morning, the league OPS was 678, and the league on-base percentage was 309. Those are two below-average numbers. Um, Offense around the game is down. That being said, the Astros are taking it to a a pretty horrid level. Um, They are hitting 198, or 199, excuse me, as a team after scoring, after getting one hit and getting shut out by Shohei Otani on Wednesday at Minute Maid Park. Um, Look, they're, some of their biggest bats, guys, that they were going to count on to carry them are either injured or in awful slumps to start the season. Kyle Tucker is four for his first 42. Yuli Gurriel, the reigning American League batting champion, is five for his first 34. And then Jose Altuve was not tearing the world on fire. He was six for 36 before he injured his hamstring and had to go on the injured list. So when those guys aren't hitting, the microscope goes on other places in the lineup that normally we wouldn't talk about. Normally we wouldn't be talking about Martin Maldonado's offense. Well, he's one for 23, and his own, that only hit as a home run. Um, when they're not going well, the margins get exposed. And play and things like this on the margins that usually a good Kyle Tucker season or a good Yuli Gurriel season could, could mask are not masking the start off. And now look, it's only been – 12 games. I don't think this is time to panic, um, but it's not going to get any easier from here. You just mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays are coming in. They were a trendy pick in the preseason to win the American League pennant. Um, They have one of, if not the best lineups in baseball. And then that series is going to start a stretch of 33 games in 34 days, a a slog that no club wants to go through, but the Astros are going to have to go through it. They're going to have to go through it while they're struggling. You speak of that stretch, and uh, one thing I would point out about the series, it's, it's interesting, the Angels came to town. I think, oh, Mike Trout's back after missing so much time last year. Then he got hit in a pitch in Texas on Sunday, wound up not playing. Fear the same thing might happen to George Springer. He got hit by a pitch on the forearm on Wednesday, but he was back playing Thursday. He came in as a, as a pinch hitter and then did play right field, so he got a couple of bats. So we do think Springer will be in that lineup. But, but talking about the 17 straight days and a day off and 16 more, Talk of a six-man rotation, and one of those spots, if you're doing that, you can't help but include Jake Odorizzi by process of elimination, but kind of a worrisome spot for them. Talk about what do you think they'll do over these next roughly five weeks in regard to the rotation? 
Well, I think it depends on a couple of things. Um, does Justin Verlander want to keep pitching with an extra day of rest um, going forward? He has done that in his first three starts. He'll do that on Friday when he opens the series against the Blue Jays at Minute Maid Park. Just by virtue of off days and by virtue of not pitching him on opening day, the Astros have found a way to get Verlander extra rest uh, through his first couple of starts. And look, it's gone about as well as the Astros could have hoped. He's Given up one earned run in 13 innings and struck out 15, had a, just a marvelous outing against the Mariners this past weekend to, to really just stifle them through eight scoreless innings. So it's working, but they may not have a choice. Uh, 33 and 34 days, it's a lot to combat. Um, I think if given their druthers, they would rather keep Justin Berlander on an extra day of rest. Just this early in the season, it's not worth risking anything with him, especially with how good he's looked, you maybe want to maintain that rhythm. Um, but like you mentioned, if you go to a there, – there, it's a pretty obvious way the six the six man would, would roll in. Christian Javier would roll in there, and he's been really, really good out of the bullpen. He's thrown eight and a third innings, struck out 12, has not allowed a run, but more importantly, has only walked one batter. And control was a big issue for him coming out of the bullpen last year. So it could be argued that Christian Javier merits a spot in this rotation right now, whether it was a five-man or a six-man. But as a six-man rotation, he will get in there, and that means Jacob Arizzi is going to have to stay in the rotation for right now. Um, He was was an abject disaster against the Angels on Wednesday, recorded two outs through 42 pitches. He's now, in three starts this year, managed just nine innings. He's allowed 16 hits and walked seven guys. This is – it's kind of, I don't want to say stunning because we, we knew he's not a shutdown pitcher, but the way he was throwing the ball in spring training, uh, the way he had really seemed like he had turned a corner after last year having the uneven season, getting hurt in the middle of it. Last year was just kind of a wash, he thought. Um, this year, you know, he said he had a much more normal offseason program. He had a shortened spring training, but so did everyone else, and it just hasn't carried over. Now, do I think this is a situation where it's unsalvageable? No. I mean, the velocity is still there. He's able to get out of innings okay. Um, Obviously, last night uh, against the Angels notwithstanding, but um, I think the stuff is still there, and I think he can still get outs. I think he can still get through a lineup one or two times. I don't think this is a total lost cause yet, Um, but he's going to have to show some major uh, improvements here uh, in the next three or four weeks because as we say all this, um, Hunter Brown is looming in AAA Sugarland, and he had another excellent outing on Wednesday. Um, he's got a 198 ERA, and he's the lead the Pacific Coast League with 19 strikeouts. Um, again, I don't want to overreact to such a small sample size in Sugarland, where he's only made three appearances. You don't want to overreact that you want more time for him this season. But I mean, if he keeps going like that, he's going to be knocking on the door for a call up at some point. Um, I'm not saying that that's going to happen anytime soon, but the Ashers are going to have to, Jake Odorizzi is going to have to pitch a lot better to even think about cementing his place in this rotation once it goes past the six-man group. Yeah, and obviously there are 150 games left, and so a lot of things can happen. Lance McCullers Jr., we know he's not going to be back before June, but he looms down down the road at some point, so the Astros will have some answers, and I'm glad you mentioned Hunter Brown. I was going to bring him up. One one spot that's been pretty good, if the Astros could get leads to hold them, the, the bullpen has been pretty effective. Now, since last we did a podcast, Ryan Presley went on the uh, the injured list with knee inflammation. Uh, tell us about his status. And one guy I was going to ask you about, we've 
I've talked, we've talked some on the podcast about the acquisition of Hector Neris, but a guy the Astros got last year who's been very impressive out of the bullpen is, is Rafael Montero. Yeah, so so Presley is on the injured list right now with some right knee inflammation. Um, that is the knee that he had surgically repaired in 2018. Um, it would explain his early season lack of velocity. That was something that no one in the organization just wanted to acknowledge was happening, but it was. And um, he was still getting outs, but it was not, don't think, going to be sustainable. So they think it's going to be a short-term stint. I think he could come back as early as this Rangers series, somewhere in the middle of this Rangers series coming up at home, or excuse me, coming up on the road before they go to Toronto. So in his absence, though, the bullpen has really been a bright spot for this team, like you mentioned. They've got a 2-4-9 ERA through their first uh, through their first 12 games. It's been a kind of not by committee. I mean, obviously, Ryan Presley is going to be the closer, but Dusty Baker has been able to mix and match very well with you know, matching up left on left, matching up righties that he feels gets lefties out and vice versa. Uh, and Rafael Montero has quietly emerged as a guy that can be counted on in those high leverage spots. Um, he's thrown five hitless innings and struck out nine batters, has not given up, has not issued a walk or hit a batter. He's faced 17 batters and struck out nine of them. I mean, you can't do much better than that. And look, I think I may have mentioned this before. He was um, throwing bullpen sessions in October last year. He was throwing live batting practices in Minute Maid Park. The Astros really did consider putting him on their World Series roster because he was healed up from his from his shoulder injury earlier that season. And he was ready to go, but just it didn't make sense. Uh, they didn't like the matchup, so they they left him off. But that's how highly they thought of him, that he was in very, very real consideration to be on their playoff roster last year after barely pitching in the second half. So um, I think if he can keep this going, that certainly would make that trade uh, with the Mariners have a little bit more legs because I think as we're seeing Abraham Toro is off to, he was off to a very sluggish start with the Mariners, but it's really come on in the last few days has really kind of cemented himself as an everyday big leader, whether that be off the bench or as a utility man. So um, the Ashers have, are gone. Kendall Graveman's gone, obviously. So Montero could really make that trade uh, have some legs if he continues to, if he continues to perform like this. As we do look ahead, you mentioned Altuve's hamstring, that's an injury that you just never know. It, it didn't look like he strained it severely. Uh, he talked about how he felt better really than he thought he was going to, but they wind up making the IL move. So what about second base for the next, oh, at least week and a half or so, if not beyond? Yeah, it should be Aledmus Diaz. He should get a, a good bit of the, of the time, but you do have to worry too. You know, Aledmus Diaz is very injury prone. He's a guy that has not uh, been able to stay off the injury list, both you know, just some freak factors. He got hit by a pitch in 2021, and that cost him some time. But he's also had a, a number of soft tissue injuries, so you have to be cognizant of that. And he's also just just very good as a he's very good as a utility player, and that's something that I don't think gets valued. Uh, it gets looked at and talked about a ton. But when you take him out of that role, it puts a guy like Nico Goodrum into that role. Who I'm not sure if he's. He's never really been that guy. He's never really been the everyday utility man. He's always kind of played every day somewhere at some position. So um, you can see both of them. I think uh, they'd rather get Diaz more. I think the better lineup is having Diaz in there every day because he's just a better offensive player. Um, you know, Goodrum as a switch hitter does provide you some some avenues where you can create good matchups. Um, he is far better as a as a right-handed hitter against left-handed pitching. So he bats a lot better right-handed than he does left-handed. 
And then last night, Dusty Baker started him against Shohei Otani, who throws with his right hand. So uh, with Dusty Baker's batting orders, we understand that logic sometimes really doesn't apply. We don't know what is really going on. So um, it would make sense for them to um, cultivate the second base job that way and play the matchups and go who's going to give you a better matchup. But one game in, uh, we saw Dusty Baker did not do that. And uh, as we look at this, the last three games of this homestand, Toronto coming in, we've talked uh, about them a little bit, but George Springer coming back, how do, like, when you have these situations, and of course, they met last year, he was hurt uh, when they came here uh, last year, so this is really his first visit where he will play at Minute Maid Park since he was a, a, a hometown uh, Astro. Um, what do these things go like between the players in terms of when they have a guy like that. I mean, I, I know Marwin Gonzalez was a guy who left and uh, what are the relations like between these guys um, when they come back to town or when they go visit them at, at their park? Well, I feel like Jose Altuve probably put it best in spring training when everyone was asking about Carlos Correa going to Minnesota. He said, I think FaceTime still exists. I think I can still FaceTime him even if he's uh, not in Astros uniform. Look, these guys are, the relationships extend far beyond the field. George Springer and Michael Brantley are very, very close, and they stay in touch. They would stay in touch if neither of them played for the Astros anymore or both of them played for the Astros. So um, that's just kind of an example. You know, I think it re- they really do try to put it out of their mind a little bit. Um, I think it's a distraction. I think for a lot of these guys, too, getting the first one out of the way is crucial. You know, Justin Verlander, that happened to him in 2019 – when he or 2018, excuse me, when he went to Detroit for the first time, they got to pitch in Comerica Park, and um, that was a very emotional moment for him. You saw, I mean, he was crying on the field during the pregame, and then you know he's pitched two or three times since then there, and it's still a big story when he goes, but it's never, it never kind of dominates the day. It's just oh, I'm I'm back where I started, and I think that can make this one with Springer interesting because he has been back here. He came here um, in 20. He came here last season but was injured and couldn't play. So they did the tribute video for him, and he got the big ovation. I'm going to be interested to see if it changes this time around when he ostensibly is going to play. He was hit by a pitch on Wednesday and held out of Thursday's game as a precaution, but it sounds like all the x-rays were negative, and it sounds like it's just kind of a forearm contusion that he could maybe play through. So um, if he does play this weekend, it'll be interesting to see how, if and if he's able to kind of express it, how it differs, you know, when you're actually playing and when you just come back and sit. Yeah, and he did come in Thursday as a, as a replacement, did get a couple at bats. So one thing about your impressions of the Blue Jays, uh, you mentioned that some had them as a, as a World Series favorite. The offense um, certainly seems to be there. Um, is this a team that uh, could contend for a World Series uh, berth? Oh, I think so. I think they've got one of, I mean, if not for Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was going to win the MVP going away last year. And um, you saw what he did at Yankee Stadium earlier this year, put on putting on a three-home run performance. I mean, he's he, his numbers are stupid. I mean, he, he just really, really is one of the best young players in baseball and kind of on that Otani level of you need to buy a ticket when he comes to town because you want to, you, you will want to have told people that you saw Vladdy play and then, you know, obviously acquiring Matt Chapman this offseason, a guy that the Astros are very familiar with from his time in, in Oakland, obviously one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. And I think when you look, they, they've really improved on the margins there. I mean, obviously their infield defense is a lot better with Chapman at third, and then they can play Bichette at short, who has been very, very good at shortstop. And then, you know, they went out and they've got a formidable rotation. Now, most of it, some of it is hurt. 
Hunjin Ryu's on the IL. Um, they, they went and signed Kevin Gosman. They went and signed Yusei Kikuchi, who the Astros, again, are familiar with from his time in Seattle. And then they've got a couple of young guys. They've got Alex Manoa, a guy that'll start uh, one game this weekend, who was one of the best prospects, pitching prospects in baseball last year. Really had a pretty good introduction to the big leagues last year. He's got some pretty nasty stuff. And, um, you know, look, this is all around. This is, you know, they, they're they in it. They're, they went for it. They spent a lot of money this offseason. They, they wheeled and dealed in some trades. And that's a difficult division that they're in with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Rays. So um, they could be on paper the class of that division. But when you say on paper, you know, you look at them and they don't have a ton of like big game playoff experience, right? George Springer, probably the guy that has the most on that team. So you kind of wonder how they'll do down the stretch when, you know, if they are in a pennant race or if they are in a division race, how are they going to handle that with a team that quite frankly, hasn't been in a ton of high pressure uh, weeks and games like that. Yeah. And Gosman gave them a really good outing on Thursdays. They beat the Red Sox, uh, as you talked about. Maybe he helps a little bit, having played with the Giants last year, who were in a, a great race with uh, the Dodgers. But uh, should be an interesting series. And uh, one I'm definitely looking forward to. And as you said, Vladdy Jr. He's kind of become uh, uh, I was say must-see TV, must-see ballpark or whatever. Yeah, get, get a ticket and go watch him. But uh, it all starts uh, Friday night, a night game, 7-10. And then afternoon games on Saturday and Sunday, 3-10 on Saturday, 1-10 on Sunday. And then the Astros hit the road where they will go to Arlington and then to Toronto. Reminding you, you can keep up with uh, all the Astros action in the pages of the Houston Chronicle with Chandler, his coverage, as well as um, at HoustonChronicle.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Chandler underscore Rome. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm Steve Schaefer, and we'll talk to you soon.